Hey everyone, welcome back. If this is your first time here, thank you for joining me. If you're a regular listener, I appreciate you coming back. All the comments and words have just been super encouraging lately. So I just thank you in the bottom of my heart for tuning in to Eli's Echo. It really means a lot. This podcast started off just kind of as a whim. Um, it honestly kind of started off with the fact that I have like a really cool streaming office. And I'm like, let me get some message out there via streaming some games and well why not do a podcast i have this book coming out why not share ideas and i'm in a way i'm a little bit of a technology nerd and so like it was almost any excuse to go oh that means i might need some new equipment or new software okay let's let's do this and so that's kind of how it started off and then i i kind of look forward to this every week is getting building it into the schedule has been interesting But the reason why I wanted to kind of just do a little prelude there is, you know, as this podcast enters into, I think I'm going on episode 14, but this time of year is the holiday season. And there are definite aspects of the holiday season that I enjoy. But like so many others, I I believe like so many others, there are many aspects of this season that are very difficult for me. And so today I ask that you join me on a journey as we talk about mindfulness and we talk about the impact that this holiday has on some individuals. So that's our topic of discussion today. Thank you for being here. I'm your host, Eli Albalos, and this is Eli's Echo. So as I kind of started off in the very, very beginning, just my first, I just, my thanks to everyone. Um, you know, I have this saying in my home with my wife as I've been going through this podcast journey and, um, my daily doses and doing my streaming, you know, I, I tell her, you know, for all my ones of followers, I have to make content, honey. I have to go do stuff. And so she's super supportive. So this kind of become this like saying in our home and, What's interesting is, you know, regardless of like stats and metrics, like I have a social media manager and, you know, we do go over analytics and she's way on top of analytics, but regardless of, you know, growth, I'm getting a little bit of growth, which is fantastic. That means that people, um, that I'm encouraging people, I guess, with the content. So I I like that I'm getting a, a bigger audience and that's the whole point is to build this community. But ultimately, I still believe, and it's kind of, hopefully it's humbling, and I tell my wife, like, I don't care, like, if I do get up to 100, you know, 200, 1,000 followers and viewers whenever I stream, it really is about the ones of followers, like, building my content, you know, honestly, be it my streaming, be it Daily Doses, be it Eli's Echo, if it means that I say something, in a message that resonates with a person, like that's the point. So I just say my, my thanks to folks that have been listening, that constantly comment on my, on my Facebook, on my, on my reels. And, um, I've been getting YouTube subscribers and, uh, 
and uh, even on Twitch for uh, Dr. Lion Den for my streaming. It's it's just really cool. Like you don't, it, it's just encouraging, you know, again, who knows if this is going to get any bigger than my ones of followers, but I don't care because it makes a difference. Like I had so much fun yesterday. Um, I'm going a little bit of a tangent, but um, today's podcast is all about sharing. So I guess it's not so much about, uh, not so much of a tangent, but Yesterday I was doing some streaming. I streamed three times in a day yesterday. I was doing video game streaming um, for uh, Modern Warfare 2. It's, the, it's a new first person shooter game. That's just my game of choice. But one of my, I call my lion cubs, my sons. All my sons are older. I think of, if you're a, a avid listener, you're aware. But uh, I, got, I, uh, I did the, the fatherly thing and convince them to get the game. And so yesterday, a couple of my sons jumped on at several different times during the day. And so literally I streamed three different times and it was, it was fun. I mean, it was just really, really cool. But during that, like I, uh, I know this is a little bit of tangent, but this is all really all about sharing. So bear with me on this. But during that stream, you know, I have, I have all kinds of technology. I have two computers going. So for those that are on YouTube watching my podcast, like on my left is my gaming computer. I just built it. It's only like three weeks old. I love it. On my right is my streaming computer that does all of the powerhouse work to make sure all my videos get published. That's the really condensed down version as to my setup, but it's super fancy. Anyway, um, like I said, that techie side. So I'm sitting here, but one of the things I have programmed is when I'm playing, I get alerts in my ear when someone like subscribes or likes the stream. Cause you know, as a streamer, you, that's how you engage with the audience. Like, Hey, thank you. You know, Dr. Lion for joining blah, blah, blah. And then you look at your chat. (laughs) This is super funny folks. I'm going to throw myself out there. Like this week I was streaming. I've been streaming every day because this new game's out there and I'm just trying to, you know, get better at it. And the alert goes off and I'm in mid game and I pause and I'm, I'm in, I'm in the middle of a stream and I pause and I'm like, like, what was that? I'm like, okay, like, <laughs> did my stream go down? And then I look and the alert pops up on my screen to show who's, who, who followed. It was the weirdest sound. And I laughed at myself because I'm like, I, I never get a subscriber when I'm streaming. Like that's a new sound. So anyway, um, I say that to put myself out there cause this has just been a really neat experience. Yesterday, I had another person that actually liked the stream. I wasn't distracted by the sound. I'm like, oh, okay. Like, I was just like, oh, who's watching me? And so that was kind of cool. And then I actually had engaged with someone in my audience yesterday in the chat. So I was chatting while I was playing the game. And it was, it was so much fun. Like, I can't, I I don't know how to put it into words, people. Like, I've, I've talked about this before. I'm introverted by nature. I love this. Like, I love just creating this video. I like publishing it. I love having people listen to it after. And I can put be in front of a crowd. Like, you can put me in front of a crowd and trust me, I'll own that group and I'll own that crowd. But if you had to, like, pick of, okay, like, here's your day. You can go and chat with people, you know, just randomly. Or you could sit down and stream and talk to an audience. I'd sit down and stream and talk to audience. But if the internet went down, then yeah, I'd go talk to people. So anyway, but I think, so the purpose of this kind of narrative today is what I want to talk about is this holiday season. I, if you listen to my previous podcast, I'm not going to go too deep into some because some of them were very, very heavy, but ultimately the, the short story is if you go back to my origin story, you know, um, I did not have an easy life growing up as a kid. 
and holidays have a different meaning for me. And maybe it's maybe meaning's the wrong word. Holidays have a different impact on me than others. And not everyone, but I think is some folks just don't understand. But, you know, there was some very dark times growing up as a kid where very, very, I guess, many, I guess, many holidays were ruined. And again, and this is not like, a, oh, poor me. Like, no, like I'm, I'm over it. I am. But the purpose of this conversation today is that holiday still, this holiday period, while I look forward to it, I look forward to stepping away. I look forward to getting, you know, with my, my sons, all my sons, this, this Christmas are coming to our home and I'm looking forward to it so much. And my, you know, my grandson's coming, like just the fact that my wife and I could have all of our kids together for like a week and was so looking forward to it. But deep down still, it's, it's a dark period. And, and I don't know why. And I've talked about this in my order story. I can't, I can't get past it. And I'm sure I could go poly to therapy and, and work my way through it. But I don't, I don't want to. I think is, in a way, it kind of defines me. And not like uh, this badge of honor. I talked about these badges, like really bad representation of badges of honor. I'm not like, oh, look at me, poor me. Like everybody feels sorry for me. Like, no, like that, ex those experiences I had growing up were fuel to make sure that I had, I created a different family setting for all my sons, for my wife, and I can continue that legacy. So in a way, yes, that's feeding into this future state. But regardless, what I want to bring up today is I know I'm not the only one that during these holiday periods, there's something under the surface. And I think that's that's the that's the purpose of the conversation today is hopefully relating to people. And I don't mean like it's one for one, like, oh, you did that, I did that, oh, we're homies. Like, no, like this time of year hits people, and, and I mean everyone, I don't mean just me, I mean it hits people differently. And it's a wonderful time of year, and I think everybody can testify to that. But with that amazingness of this time of year, this family time, this ability to step away from work or ending this year and kind of people kind of feel it's like a refresh, like all those have very positive feelings associated with them. But be it finances that are you know, maybe, you know, you love that holiday period, but your finances are an issue for you. So that makes it a dark holiday. Maybe your relationship isn't super solid. And yes, you love this holiday, but like it's time to be with family. And maybe you have a different relationship with your family. And yeah, you live, love being with them and you love them. Or maybe you love them, and but don't love being with them. That's probably the way it goes. You know, so like you're looking forward to it, but you're not. Like, you know, regardless of what it is, I think underneath the surface, what's interesting is we all need to be mindful that this holiday hits everyone differently. And that's kind of the topic today is mindfulness. And so I hope that just by me being a little bit transparent today, I can connect with folks and have folks just relate. Ultimately, before I even get to the message, just understand you're not alone, right? Like it doesn't matter like how broad your smile is. It doesn't matter you know, your game face that you can put on. 
you know, it doesn't matter if, you know, you have this RBF face. I'm not going to explain what RBF face is, but like if that's your way of just like putting on this external facade so that you can fool others so that they don't know what you're going through. I'm not saying if that's good or bad. All I'm saying is you're not alone. I think we all do it. But I'm hoping that just a little bit of insight into just some mindfulness, just as a, as a concept, maybe a couple practices might, might help you. And even if, if you do nothing that I recommend or even just suggest today, but at least if you're listening to this and realize I, I, I am feeling it too. Like I have this same feeling. I do the same things. Even if that alone, if you can go, okay, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not odd. I'm not weird. I'm not the exception. Like, and you realize like, okay, I can get through this because others are also feeling it. Cause I guarantee even while I'm talking about it, I'm sure you might be feeling what I'm feeling and maybe have never told anyone, but I can almost guarantee that even in your close circle of friends, you might have folks in there that just feel it's also taboo to talk about their feelings and they're putting that, that game face on. So you're not alone. So please, even before I get into mindfulness, before we get into some of these, these tips, just walk away knowing that we're in this together and it's a fantastic holiday season. And yeah, there's going to be this turmoil underneath the surface that we all get to deal with, but that's okay. I think it kind of brings reality into this holiday season and not to say that there is this virtual reality associated with the holiday season. But what I mean is it's not just, you know, all about eggnog and turkey and wonderful, happy stories. While a lot of it is, everyone has to deal with something. So anyway, you're not alone. Um, I think as you all can tell, as you're listening to this, this is uh, all off the top of my head. I'm trying to change the format for some of my podcasts. So this is something that hit me really yesterday. And so I'm like, hey, let me let me tackle this. And so um, I have four tips that I'm going to provide when it comes to, to mindfulness. And before I get there, just the one thing to talk about. All I mean by mindfulness is just having an understanding of how your environment impacts your mental state. Very generic term, you know, and I probably didn't do justice trying to define mindfulness, but really that's what it means to me. Like if I were to sit back and go, if I'm looking at this four suggestions I'm going to give, like what the heck does mindfulness really mean? And I'm not talking like a, a Google definition of it. Really, it's the impact that the external and I guess potentially your internal environment, if you're having this internal dialogue, that impact on you. And so in this context of the holiday season, it's the holiday for me that I feel is kind of the external factor that I have to take into account when it comes to being mindful of how that impacts my mood, how that impacts my feelings, how that impacts my outlook on the holiday. So that's the external and the internal that I have to balance is everything that I went through growing up and not letting that overcome and sadden me because this is a fun time of year. It can be. So that's mindfulness It's just understanding the external internal conflicts 
and how that impacts your 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 mood, um, your mood, your oversight. I mentioned, and so, um, yeah. So there's four tips, four suggestions, not even tips, because I'm not here to solve. I'm not here to solve people's mood. I'm not a psychologist. I'm not going to diagnose. But there are four tips that I started specifically when it came to like leadership. Like I really feel that I, I practice a lot of mindfulness in the workplace. And it's ironic because I think I practice it more in the workplace than I do in my personal life. And I think I need it more in my personal life than I do in the workplace. But this is kind of where I started to kind of bring this to the surface, this mindfulness and some of these tips that I'm going to provide. And so again, they're just tips. A lot of them have helped me along the way. Um, and so there's four. And I'm, I keep looking down at the screen. I talked about it before, folks. My m- remarkable. Um, I love this thing. And so um, it just feels like pen and paper. I use it for church. Um, I use it just to jot down my ideas and podcasts. So I have a couple notes. But yeah, I, I'm not affiliated with them. I'm not sponsoring them. Um, I'm just... I, I really love the product. So if I can be affiliated and start sponsoring them, I would love it because it's just, it's a really cool product anyway. So, um, the first thing I was talk, talk about, and that's not even a tip, but I think it's just, it's associated to this time of year and something that I'm trying to do better at too. And maybe it's through this podcast that I'm starting to do it is, um, first start with communication. You know, I think, being open and honest with your loved ones, you know, with your trusted circle of friends about how you feel about certain things. I think that's, that can be overstated. Um, it's just that open communication. But I also think one way to look at communication is not just a one way street. It's not like the person that is going through these things, not like they should be the only ones to shoulder this responsibility for communication. I think it really is incumbent on all of us as family members to others, as trusted friends to others, to take it upon ourselves to reach out to folks. You know, if someone pops in your head this holiday season, I encourage you to reach out and just communicate. Even a text message, you know, hey, FYI, just thought about you. Hope things are going well. Let's chat. Let's jump on lunch. Um, I think that's one thing when it comes to communication that really can help folks this season because it doesn't have to be like, you don't have to address the taboo. Oh, I'm reaching out because I know this holiday season hits you really hard. Eli, (laughs) you don't have to be so direct, right? Just being there for people reaching out, um, you know, inviting them over, you know, giving a hug, like saying the words, I love you. I take, I've, I've been trying to wrap that up. These tips, right? The same tip, like calling out the folks. You never know how long people have, you have. You never know how much more time you have with people telling folks you love them. I really think it does go a long way. And so I know I wrap that up at the end of all my podcasts, but like this is the perfect time of year to really practice that. So that active communication. And we all know communication is a two-way street. Um, and so anyway, before I even start, like I just want to kind of throw that out there. Like that's the first thing that I think is really, really super important is communication. And for me, I do that a lot, especially, again, it's ironic, especially the workplace. Like I'll open up to my wife, like, oh my gosh, I had this horrible day or this happened to me or this is what I'm feeling. And yet I don't do it for like my personal life. Like we're doing better, but I'm like, okay, I gotta like practice what I preach a little bit better or practice what I do in the workplace and apply it to my personal life. 
So, you know, that's the first one. Um, and, you know, as I go into these things, you know, I just want to touch on, I'm not a big symbolic, symbolic person, but, um, if you're on my YouTube, it's funny. Cause like every, and this is just me folks, but like every week what I try and do, because I know I'm be recorded, I try and make sure like I'm, I'm well shaved on, on a podcast day, or it's only been a few days since I've had this little grow and like, you know, I wear like a, not the best shirt, but like a, I normally wear like just this kind of standard fixed shirt. Um, I don't know. I'm just really into my, my appearance cause I'm going to be on this camera. But again, if I'm looking at like symbolism, like I woke up this morning and I'm like, I'm in my mood. I'm like, man, this is, I'm, uh, it's, in, I'm in Colorado. It's beautiful outside. It snowed a few days ago. It's bright, bright sun reflecting off the snow. The air is crisp. It's amazing. And like today I was like, yeah, I'm not feeling this. I'm not feeling this wonderful environment. So here we go. Symbolism. Like I'm not going to shave. I'm just going to kind of go upstairs. I'm wearing like a dark blue sweater and we're going to do this. And so anyway, I think I, I, I thought I'd be, it'd be funny to kind of call out like, it's just that time of year. Like I'm trying to like get myself out of this rut and I have, it's an amazing day outside, beautiful Colorado air. And th this is exactly what I'm, what I'm talking about, folks, is I'm, I'm communicating now to all of you. This season hits people and I don't know why. Right. And I'll never classify myself as having depression. Um, there been, I've never been clinically diagnosed with it. We all have our depressive moments. I think it doesn't have to be necessarily a diagnosis. And, but I know I've been exposed to people that have had really bad depression. My mother did growing up. I know what it looks like. I'll never say I have it. But I still get some bad mood days. I still get down days. And that's what we're here to talk about. And it's, and I know if folks, again, symbology, right? Like here I am, you know, not shaving. I'm talking about, you know, being, you know, these, these dark moods and, and yet I'm smiling. And yet I feel like I can have this chipper voice. And yet I should have had amazing time streaming. Yeah, that's the fact of the matter is I'm communicating outward to you all so you can kind of see what this stuff looks like. It could be very subtle, right? Or maybe non-recognizable had I not told you all that I'm going through all this. Maybe you'd never know because I've gotten so good at being happy still. And it's not a defensive mechanism. It's like, no, I, I can deal with these things. I can still have these moods. I can still have these feelings deep down. But externally, I can be happy and I can demonstrate happiness. I can experience it. But there's always this weight. It's almost like a thorn in your foot. If you think about it that way, like you can still walk around with a thorn in your foot. It hurts. <laughs> it's sometimes going to hurt worse depending on how you step. But you can still do it and you can still function. So maybe that's a way to think about it. If you're trying to figure out like, how can you even compare? Maybe this is something that doesn't resonate with you. Think about it as, you know, a thorn in your foot walking around and you're just leaving that thorn there, but you're able to function. So that's my way of communicating out really to, to you all. Again, I guess kind of sharing that symbolism of how I feel today. But so the tips, like, again, these are not, these are not like we're going to solve the world's problems with this mindfulness conversation that everybody's going to be happy, go lucky moving forward. That's not my intent. My intent is just to share that there's others that are going through this like me 
And here's some stuff that I've done that I do feel like when I, if I don't do these regularly, I can feel that my mood changes. And so just being mindful of that external internal environment and how it impacts you and putting these steps in place, I think really help to mitigate some of that. But a lot of these things you can look up online, right? If you do Google search mindfulness, you will have all kinds of results. For me, being mindful is as valuable as GEMS, J-E-M-S. I did a preview to my successful corporate leadership book um, a handful of weeks ago, maybe about a month now. This is another thing that I pulled out of my book that's important to me. I use acronyms a lot in my book. And so um, GEMS is an acronym, J-E-M-S, for the value of mindfulness. And it stands for, the initials are J for journal, E for exercising, M for meditating, and S for stepping away, GEMS. So starting with the first, and I'll go through these, you know, again, nothing of this is mind-blowing, so I'll go through these relatively quickly. Um, I do realize these unscripted podcasts are a little bit longer than normal, and so hopefully you all enjoy it. If you do, drop a like, let me know, drop a comment. Like I know I'm looking at my screen, I'm at 25 minutes, and so... I hope you can stick with me. I probably have maybe another 10 or 15 minutes left. But um, anyhow, so journaling. Journaling, I started about going on, let's see, three, three years ago now. I took a leadership class when I was completing my master's degree. And I had to journal for a project for the entire term. And for me, I hear like swans flying over, swans, ducks, I don't know birds so hopefully you can't hear them if it if you if you can't hear them and you don't like birds then i guess this podcast is turning into a horror story if not and you can ignore them fantastic um but yeah i started journaling for this class and for me i always thought journaling was a diary like oh dear diary you know this is what happened today you know i met blake and it was amazing like i don't know i threw blake out there blake's non-binary um but no, like I, I, I always thought it was like a diary, like I'm gonna put all my emotions down. And so instead, what journaling was, as was taught to me in this leadership course, how I was supposed to practice it, is really just free flow writing. And in the process, the goal was to allow all your thoughts and any thoughts to just come out on paper. Period. Like that was it. And I'm like, okay, all right, let me go through this because I have to turn it in and I'm never going to do it again. I've been journaling ever since it's, it's kind of funny, but I do it about, I try to do it every week and then it turned into every two weeks. And right now, because I'm so busy, it's every month, but I love it. But for me, it's a ritual. Like I have a, a really a nice leather bind. I say nice. I got on Amazon for like 80 bucks. It's nice still to me, but it's this nice leather wrap binder and I can have insertable notebooks in it but I love the smell of the leather. So like part of this journaling process for me, like I'll wake up early, I'll get my cup of coffee, I'll get my leather binder, I'll like be able to smell it, I'll pull out a pencil, because yeah, I'm old school, I do like the feeling of pencil on paper, which is why I like the Remarkable, I feel that tactile feedback from pen on paper, the graphite literally writing on the page. Oh man, I'm, already, I'm going too deep into this, sorry, I just, I just, but I just love it. Anyway. So I'll sit down, you know, and I'll write about anything. And most of the time, what ends up coming out, because I've been doing this for a few years now, and so I think my brain knows what to do. I'll document like roadblocks 
are all document emotions and not like, you know, poor me or I love this or I hate that. No, it's more like, man, I'm feeling anxious today. Like, here's what's going on. Like a handful of months ago, I was writing actively when we were going through the Airbnb, my wife and I, when we acquired our Airbnb and we were going through like licensing and trying to get on these platforms. And it was just weird. And there was so many hurdles. Like I was journaling, like I think almost nearly every day, if not every week, just about like, okay, well, here's where we're at in this process and here's the next step and still looking forward to it. But it was neat because in a way it was freeing, right? It was almost like a therapy session where I could just vomit what was in my head and empty it out on the page. And through that process, there was clarity. So my suggestion as I'm talking about journaling for all of you is doesn't need to be a diary. But if, if, you know, there's, there's times where you just can seclude yourself just to write out your thoughts and it gets, it's hard in the beginning. It really is. Um, you know, and I remember like creative writing classes, they always say, well, just write what's in your head. So even if you don't know what's in your head, just go, I don't know what's in my head and it'll start flowing. Like, yeah, you can start, like start there. Like if you need to figure out, like, I have no idea what to put on paper, Eli, like whatever, then start there. But you know, little by little, you'll morph your journal to be what you need it to. Maybe what you like to talk about is those life obstacles and getting it out on paper. Maybe for you, it's about, you know, really like writing out fear, you know, for you, like literal fear, like I am afraid of X. Or maybe if you're launching a business, maybe it's like, oh, or you're doing like a really, really big move, these false events appearing real. Maybe you're going to write that fear out or, you know, or fit that fear and transition, you know, um, but figure out a way to write, right? I think it is expressive. I think it is freeing. I think it really does lead to brainstorming. I think it leads to revelations. Um, but give it a shot. Like, you know, especially if it means getting some of the stuff that's buried deep down, that's been buried deep down for you, put 15 minutes aside a couple days a week and figure out where it goes, right? You never know. But I think that's a suggestion there. And that really does help you be mindful of in, internal and external um, environmental um, impacts on you, right? So influences. So anyway, so I think the journaling is that first one. The sex, second one is exercising, and that one is super obvious. Um, so, you know, I think is I've, I've touched on this before. I used to own a CrossFit gym from 2008 to 2010. But my, my like athletic journey started when I was 18 years old back in college. I just realized I needed to always keep moving. I always, I realized I needed to lift weights. I needed to do, you know, sweat. I needed to just expel pent up energy. And as I've gotten older um, and, you know, had, you know, conversations, deep conversations with my, my mom and about like medical history for our family, I realized that anxiety runs through my family. So for me, exercising is a way for me to get rid of anxiety. Um, like literally my tension, I hold it in my shoulders, right? Like I think everybody feels like they have a certain part of their body where like if they get tense, like, oh, I feel it in my back. I feel it in my head. I feel it in my joints. For me, I feel it in my traps and my traps are huge. <laughs> like I just, that's where my tension goes. So maybe that's why those muscles get very, very more, they get more exercise than the rest of my body. Um, but yeah, I, I, you know, I hold a lot of anxiety and tension in my shoulders and my traps. So exercising um, is a recommendation I have when it comes to being mindful because it allows you to just expel this pent up energy. And now don't get me wrong. I'm not saying go lift weights, go be a CrossFitter. 
Like, I mean, just exercise period. So whatever your definition of exercise is, maybe just a, a, a fast paced walk or even just a walk is exercise for you. It gets the heart rate pumping, right? Gets you breathing just a little bit faster than normal. Maybe it builds up a sweat, but, but figure out a way to do some exercise, some movement. Maybe for you, it's just yoga. And I say just yoga. Trust me, folks, if you've never done yoga, there's nothing just about yoga. It's not easy. It's hard. So maybe, but in your mind, maybe it's like, oh, I just do yoga. Like, great, do yoga, period. Like, I don't care, just yoga. Do yoga. So, um, but just exercise. I really think there's a lot to be said about getting the blood flow, getting that circulation going, getting it out in the sun, particularly getting out in the sun. Vitamin D deficiency is a really, really big deal. Um, and primarily, primary source for vitamin D is exposure to the sun. So get out there, get some exercise in. Trust me, that'll really help those moods, especially for me. I'll speak from my experience. It definitely helps getting out there. I mean, it's gotten to the point where exercise is not, for me, it's not just about fitness. I have to exercise four to five days a week. Not because I'm this fitness guru, because trust me, there's days where my diet does not fit my exercise activity level like it doesn't compare it doesn't mesh because i don't care about the diet i literally just need my body to move to lift weights to to sweat because through that i let go of so much anxiety and then when i'm back in the workplace or my virtual workplace at my desk there's so many roadblocks that are freed up so and it definitely helps my mood so exercising is the second one for gems the third one is meditating. Um, this one, I'm not going to get all kumbaya and like we're not going to sit here and go zen and close our eyes. You know, like meditating for me, all I'm meaning is finding a way to practice deep thought. So for me, what this turns into, like I said, I don't roll out a yoga mat, cross my legs on the floor, just go, you know, like chant some rhythm. Like you, and if you do, great. For But I'm what I'm saying is, that's not what it needs to be. For me, meditating is just having hyper focus on one type of topic, letting everything else go. So for me, I use a combination of my journaling with meditating. And so part of my journaling, like I said, I'll go and I'll write my thoughts. But what I also do in the journaling is um, I haven't been able to do it every single day, but about three days a week, what I'll do in my journaling process is for me, I'll do a Bible study. I've mentioned before, I'm a faith-based person. And so I'll do 10 or 15 minutes just studying the Bible. But it's not, the, the process for me is not like you have to be religious. So don't take that message away. The process, when I'm going into my Bible study and during it for the 10 minutes, is I focus just on that. So I sit down and if I'm like, as I'm writing or as I'm reading and today's my to-do list starts to pop in my head, I like pause, I'll deep breath and I'll really figure out how do I, how do I just center my thoughts back on this topic? And then I'll let that exterior stuff wash away and then I'll refocus. Or if I start to get then, you know, as I'm further in my Bible studying, the next thing I'm talking about, I'm thinking about like personal stuff. What am I doing this weekend? No, pause, let's recenter. So the practice of meditating, be it maybe you are just one of those that likes to meditate on your breath and just breathing and you're in a calm relaxing pose and position and for 10 minutes all you're doing is actively controlling like your box breathing so that that's your sole focus and as soon as anything pops in your mind you get rid of it 
So whatever meditating means for you. But I, I really feel it's valuable to mindfulness because we don't always take time to stop and just think on things, right? Like everybody likes to believe like, oh, I am one of the best multitaskers ever. There are so many studies out there that say multitasking is a bunch of bull and other ones that say, no, it's real. The bottom line is there's only so much cognitive load, and I won't go into that right now, I'll define it later, but this mental load and pressure that a person can take. Mindfulness and meditating allow you to just focus on one thing at a time. Because there are times in our life, and I think we can all agree, where it's like regardless of all these other external factors or internal factors, something will rise to the first surface, and it's this one thing that we need to focus on. But if we don't practice how to actually focus on one thing, it'll feel like we're balancing everything all the time. So that's where meditating comes into play. And the last one, as I'm getting closer to the end of my podcast here, is S. It's stepping away. This one takes practice. Honestly, I think it does. But it's so simple and it's so straightforward. We all need to learn how to step away from situations and circumstances, right? If it's the workplace, there's been so many times where I get fired up in the workplace and I write out like this email or I'm ready to hit, you know, um, phone call someone and then I'll stop and I'll just go take a walk or I'll sit on an email for a day and then I'll come back and go, okay, I've practiced my journaling, my exercising, my mindfulness or my meditating all right, now I'm ready to go and reapproach this email. I'll hit delete and I'll write something else, right? Or in the heat of battle <laughs> and maybe a relationship and a conversation, we get so sucked into that environment. But it's and it's so hard for us to step away because we feel like, oh, if I step away now, I'm losing, right? If I step away now, like they're not going to realize how right I am. Who cares, right? Learning how to step away strategically can go so far, right? And sometimes you can look at stepping away as literally just going, not for me today, and walking away. Like my relationship with my wife, we're so in tune with each other because of my moods and just, you know, again, my internal influences, there are times where like, we'll have a family gathering planned with some, or meeting some friends, you know, or like this summer, we were supposed to go on a reunion, you know, to her family reunion, do this drive. And I was like, I can't go. I feel like I need to be here home and I need, I need to work on my dissertation. I need to work on this, but I, I just need to be me right now. And she won't challenge it. Right. She knows like for whatever reason, I need to step away from that environment. I, I just can't at that point in time. And she accepts that from me. So let's learn what it means for you to step away from situations and either come back after you've had a time to journal, time to exercise, time to practice meditation and come back to it later. Or maybe there's times where you just literally need to step away from what you're being exposed to and find something different. So there you have it. Gems. So practicing mindfulness is as valuable as gems. J-E-M-S. Journaling, exercising, meditating and stepping away. So Again, um, I appreciate you being here. This talk today was not a, hey, magical cure for all of this turmoil that people might feel during the holidays. No. 
I wanted to share so that potentially provi to provide some information that you all could relate to, to let you know you're not the only one. And if you feel like you're the only one and feel like you can't trust anyone, my encouragement to you is please reach out to me. There's so many ways to get a hold of me. Drop a comment. I have so many links in my descriptions to my websites. There's ways to email me. But if you feel like you need someone in your corner, like I know sometimes I do, then reach out if you have no one else. But please don't approach this holiday season on your own. And for everyone out there that does feel like these holiday times in particular um, can be a little bit you know, challenging for folks, think about mindfulness. Practice gems. You know, practice your journaling, your exercising, your meditating, and stepping away. No better way to no better time to start it, especially if you know this time of this type of year really weighs on you. So um, last thing I'll close with, as I did in the middle of my podcast, look at the circle around you, your friends, your family, and reach out to folks. If someone pops in your mind this season, do me a favor, text them. Text them. It doesn't happen, doesn't matter if it's a former friend or colleague or neighbor that you haven't talked to in five or six years. Like, please, I do believe there's truth and value in these these coincidences right we talked about coincidences a few weeks back but during this holiday season if a name pops in your mind and maybe you did listen to this podcast as a coincidence and then they popped in your mind do not hesitate to reach out i ask you and if you do share let let us know just i don't need all the details but like hey i reached out to so-and-so it was great right but if someone does pop in your mind and you think about someone, text them, reach out to folks, invite people to your table this holiday season. You don't know who needs just to be around some friends and tell people that you love them. Please, you never know how much more time you have with folks on this earth. That's it for me today. I appreciate you being here. I love all the support. I've been getting so much support. I've been getting so many comments. Please continue that, everybody. It means so much to me. I appreciate you. That's it for now. This is Eli's Echo, and I'm your host, Eli Albalos. Thank you.